Hey mamas, thanks so much for joining us. We're excited to have you as part of the Momversation. My name is Dana and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kayla, Shay, Christine, and Sam. On today's episode, we'll be covering the hot topic of behavior. This is such a big one, everybody. I know that we can all relate. Um, and we can't wait to hear your take on things. Today's episode will feature experts right beside me, Lindsay Webster and Kaylee Kukla. Um, and they're gonna tell you a little bit about how what they're bringing to the table and how they're gonna kind of help you to inform you on this subject. We're so glad that you all could join us because we know you wouldn't wanna miss this Mom's Night In. Tell me a little bit about what you do and, and kind of how you start, got started in behavior. Yeah, so my name is Kaylee Kukla. Uh, I have my bachelor's in special education and my master's in early childhood development. And um, I've done a lot of different work in early intervention and teaching and then um, have my own two kids. Ethan is five and Eli is two and a half. So I am in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, so what I found out is there's a lot of theory out there and it's a struggle to put it into practice. And there's a lot of bad advice out there that's so not true. rooted in developmentally appropriate practice um, and doesn't take children's development into um, consideration when we're talking about behavior. So what I did when my son was a year old and I was then a stay-at-home mom, is I started doing social toddler play classes, social skills classes, um, kind of going back to my roots as a teacher, um, but it quickly turned into an in-home consulting gig. So wow. I specialize in differently wired children, eight and under, um, and I work primarily with the parents because um, parents are the children's best um, Advocates. Uh, well, advocates and also key to relationships. That that For relationship sure. is so important in helping children regulate themselves. That's so, awesome. And so you teach I've, you teach a class at Taming Tantrums 101. I, I've heard of. Well, I do. I do a lots of different things. One of them is online workshops. So I have cool. a wide variety of um, online workshops that I offer. I do a lot of in-person workshops. I still do my kid classes, um, and I have moved into doing one-on-one -on -one clinical work um, well, that, and also going into the schools. That's so amazing. And if you're ever looking to check out your work, Play With Purpose is the, the name of your business, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you guys can check that out online. Um, thank you so much for that. We're so excited to, to hear more as we start kind of getting the conversation rolling. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about what where you're coming from in all of this. Um, so my name is Lindsay Webster. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm also a proud mom of a two-and-a-half-year-old little girl, Emma. Yay. Um, and so my background is mostly in um, working with kids that have experienced trauma. I've worked with kids in foster care and attachment work. Wow. Um, so I have kind of seen the worst of the worst in terms of the most challenging behaviors. Um, I'm in the schools a little bit. I did residential for a while. Um, and so now I have a practice in Boca where um, sometimes I will consult with the schools. I see kids as young as two or three. Um, wow. I have a play therapy background. Um, and so a lot of times, like Haley mentioned, um, I am working with the parents to help support them. I use something called a filial family play therapy model, which is essentially working with the parents to help them help their kids emotionally regulate, validating their feelings, um, 
and that's sort of my background. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Well, yeah, it sounds like two melding of the minds here, which is awesome. Uh, it's a powerhouse. Uh, so I guess we're going to we're gonna try to open it up. We already have one question kind of in play for, for behavior that I really want to jump in on. But before we get to our, our formalized question, I'd love to kind of open it up to talk about everybody's experience, you know, just a couple of anecdotes about behavior, how you struggled with it, maybe how you feel like you've, you had a mom win for the day, something like that. So anybody can start. What, where, where, what do we bring? Let's, let's hear it. So I am, uh, my name is Courtney. Um, I am a proud mom of a two-year-old little girl. Her name is Piper and I'm a part-time nanny. Um, so I get to bring my kid along with me great stay-at-home mom job yeah um, but um I sometimes struggle trying to get my kid and also two or three or one other kid to try to do what I want them to do yeah. um so um I've taken walks you know a simple walk um with my kid and um two other kids fairly recently um little girls four little boys two and trying to get them all to come the same way <laughs> Um, and try to corral these little, um, these little people. And I just finished reading um, a great book called How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen. Is, uh, it gave me some great tools and some anecdotes. Um, and in order to get them, instead of saying, come on, come on, come on, hurry up, hurry up, um, you know, we tried walking like giants and everyone did big steps. Or we did, we walked like, um, we walked like bugs and we walked really, really tiny. Or we skipped or we ran or we walked backwards and we did all of these cool things that they weren't focused on moving forward to where I wanted them to go, but they were focused on the fun and they focused on um, how big their steps were. That's that awesome. And it, it did, and it worked for you. That's so cool. And I think that as we go around, and, and I think even as we talk to Kaylee and Lindsay, we're going to hear about how different so many different things work for different people which is so I think which is the story of a mom life in a nutshell <laughs> that that we often hear so many times about how this there's this right way to do things and that there's really not a right way but that there's your right way right. you know um so uh, Shay yeah I know you, you so I have a five-year-old and I also have a um, one-year-old. And my five-year-old and I, I feel like we have this wonderful relationship together. We really work hard. Um, I've read the books, done, done the research as much as any parent can do. But we have a large disconnect when it comes to my husband entering into the relationship. And he has an unconventional work schedule, so he's gone for months at a time um, not during the evenings, but she's in bed by the time he gets home. And then he comes back into the picture and we try and have this united family. And yet the two of them are so divided, my five-year-old and my husband. And it's just like pulling teeth to get them to have a healthy and happy relationship, which then turns me into monster mom. Yeah. And I just, I end up losing it. And unfortunately on both of them because I'm so frustrated with their relationship. So I guess my question is, is 
how do I encourage my husband to get on board, but also let him do it his own way? That's really hard. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of ties in too with like the marriage and family conversation, which yeah. is important yeah. that we'll touch on later. Yeah. So I think it's important to keep in mind that um, each parent has their own skills to bring to the table. And especially with the men in our lives, we want to make sure that we are encouraging them to want to focus on the areas that they feel strengthened. They feel like, you know, they're doing a good job as a parent. Um, and mostly starting from that lens, like what does he bring to the table considering yeah. that and trying to create as many opportunities as you can to give him that chance to really, if he's really into playing sports with her or whatever way he kinds of, kind of connects. The important thing with your situation in any situation is to make sure that the attachment stays intact. And I think sometimes when there's long periods of time, there can be almost like a, a having to get used to this person again process that happens. Yeah. And if he's coming in as a disciplinarian and, you know, the child can perceive that as, you know, this person is just coming in to, to punish me. I don't really have this relationship with them. So I think being really clear about who's going to take the lead when there is an issue with your child um, in terms of consequencing what that's going to look like, having those conversations beforehand. Yeah. And if there is an issue, making sure that it's not discussed in front of the kids, that it's discussed you know, away from that, and making sure that you're on kind of, you have a game plan going into this. Okay, um, so maybe even having a quote unquote um, opposite relationship from what my parents had, where my right. father was the disciplinarian, but I take on that role more, right. so that my husband's not always being the one who's disciplining her, when he doesn't get very much time with her. Exactly. Yeah. And I okay. think it's also important that um, he does have some of the language to validate her feelings, to kind of be aware of what that connection looks like. And when he is coming back into the picture, how can you and him connect around, this is what's been going on, this is what I need support in. Yeah. Just really almost doing like a touch base. So I think that that's a super important point too. Um, you know, touching base, like a, a lot of times, whether you're a stay-at-home mom or working mom or, or maybe you're a stay-at-home dad. And I think that with, with life in our social arena that we have now in society, we usually have one parent at least who works, if not both. And I think that when that happens, you know, you're, you're inevitably going to have one parent that's not around for a good portion of the time and that kind of needs to get, catch up to speed. On, on what's been going on. And and I think that's really important, Shay. Like, you know, we, like she was talking about, you know, I, I think to have that communication, that language about, well, I know that this is the way you want to see it done, but this is the way that I've been doing it. You know, like this is the parent that's away more, you know, working or whatever, and they don't want to be the disciplinarian. They right. just want to play and they just want to build this relationship. Exactly. And it's like, Okay, but that's the third time she's thrown the toy. Can you please go right, yeah. actually discipline the child? I can't do it all the time. Right, because right, you also don't want to be the bad guy right, all right. the time, yeah. too. Exactly, like a touch on, like, um, I have a 15-month-old, and, well, she doesn't take naps anymore. That's another episode. <laughs> when she did nap, um, it was only with me, only with me, and then... You know, I had like a certain way of how I would hold her and how I would do things. And, you know, with my husband, it's if she's not going to be held the way that I hold her, then he's just going to let her do whatever she wants. And then she's mm -hmm. not going to take her nap. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would get frustrated. And sorry, baby, if you're listening, love you. Um, <laughs> you know, I would get frustrated. And still, like, to this day, there are certain things that, you know, I do that I know work with her right. and myself. Mm -hmm. um, but if he tries to do them, she, like, knows that he's not... I don't want to say the word stern, mm -hmm. but like, 
stern enough to where she gets away with everything. She goes to daddy because she knows mommy won't get in. Right, and I think that's, and that's duplicitous too. That's really difficult because then you feel like you're you're always the bad guy and that's hard for me. So when I work with families um, where there's a clear-cut disciplinarian, they're the rule enforcer, and then there's someone that's like maybe the more playful one or the more fun one or just less boundaries. And and fact of the matter is, is kids need clear expectations and boundaries to feel safe. That's a part of how we help them feel safe, which is the foundation of a secure attachment. So when I work with parents, we start talking about the assertive voice. We don't have to be aggressive. We don't have to go all the way to this end of the spectrum and come over here right now or else, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. and some arbitrary threat. And we don't have to be passive where it's a free-for-all and there are no rules or, oh, it's fine or I haven't seen you in months. Like, just let's play and laugh and it's all Russell. And then mom has to come in and it's time for bed. It's 30 minutes past and now it's, you know, that. So finding that balance and, and what assertive voice where that really starts is having that conversation, getting clear on, you know, it's it's our routine that the kids start bath time at seven o'clock or whatever yeah. it is. So you need, how much time do you want to play? Mm-hmm. Right. 20 minutes, great. So let's start that at seven o'clock. That gives us 10 minutes of flex time. So by 7.30, or I said seven o'clock, whatever, you know. Whatever it is, But yeah. by 7.30, we're in the bath and we're getting ready for, we're starting that bedtime routine. So finding that assertive voice is a nice blend of both styles because you can have the firm, clear boundaries, but they're done so with love and kindness. They don't have to be, someone doesn't have to be the rule monger and the other person doesn't have to be the playmate. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other thing I was going to suggest for any um, spouse that's in and out, like a pilot or a boat captain or military, whatever it is, finding that connection while they're gone. So whether it be making a daddy book, so there's that visual reminder. Visual reminders are really powerful for kids. Or I've heard of bears, you build a bear, you can record daddy's voice. Voices, yeah, that's really um, cool talk about the favorite things daddy loves to do with her, the games or whatever, and maybe she can draw him a picture of that. She's five. Uh, You know, she can start writing things for him. So stuff like that, finding ways to create the reminders of the attachment because kids are very concrete. And when parents leave, that's very scary because they don't really understand where they went. Even at five, it's still very abstract. So finding ways to make it very concrete. I even, when we went on a cruise for three days and left my kids with the in-laws, I drew, I had a map and a picture of the cruise boat and moons to represent how many nights we were going to be gone. So cool. So my kids, my, he was four at the time, my four-year-old could see, and guess what? We still read that book. That's awesome. He still loves that. You know, and it was a hand-drawn, like, Word document. Like, it was not fancy. I did not go to a publisher. Yeah. (laughs) It was a homemade, but my kids love those things. So that might be a cool way he can make it with her when he's home, and then she has that that concrete reminder of daddy with her when he's gone. So nice. Yeah. So, and I also like to, to kind of touch on after, as we move through the behavior topic, I think it's really important to touch on not just the advice part, but really, and, and we were just talking about kind of a struggle and things, but has anyone ever felt like, like a mom fail, like when it comes to behavior. Oh yeah, all the hands are going up. Yeah, I think I think you know as we talk about all these different topics that we'll cover through throughout from the very day from pregnancy to 18 and beyond. I think 
it's so important that we as moms talk about our side of things or, or, or you know, parents, I should say, and really talk about kind of the, the challenges from our perspective and maybe that you felt like today I really failed today. And what, what did that look like? And what's your version of mom failure? And I think it's important to talk about because I think that a lot of people don't like to, it's very hard to admit failures, but I think that what you'll find is as you admit them, you'll be, you'll have six people around the table, right, Mm -hmm. that you're not alone. Uh, Sam, what what were you going to say? Mine was kind of off of that, but talking about what you were talking about, I always joke with my husband that I can do everything mom at six o'clock. And you get home by six o'clock. transition into staying at home since we moved down to Florida and she's like I don't know how you do it all day she's like I stay home with him two days a week and I lose my mind I was like I'm, I'm a good mom till six and then it's home. so Sarah. um Sarah mom of 20 year olds um so I have found <laughs> at different developmental stages if I could get my husband to stop um, being sucked into the unhealthy ones uh, yeah. way of life he gets away with everything um so I, I frequently mom fail, and um, I've watched Frozen every day this week. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a fail? <laughs> you don't want one alone. <laughs> Logan is just like, Frozen, snowman. OK, you're screaming. I, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> Watch this so I can go make my coffee. With my son, it's bubble guppies now. It's oh, an obsession. Yeah. I feel like I'm never going to get it. I'm like, you can't be still interested in this. You've seen it so many times. Uh-huh. He is, I promise. Uh-huh. He's still so interested. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd say my probably my biggest mom fail is, um, we were just talking about the assertive voice. My mom fail is the monster voice that comes out of me that sounds like a demon after I've asked 15 times for one thing to be done and it right. still it hasn't been done. And I think... I know a lot of you tend to think that I keep this level of voice all day long, (laughs) but after I ask you to put your shoes away for five or six times, a demon erupts from my vocal cords, (laughs) and it is very scary. That is, it's my, my biggest mom fail, is I seem to not be able to get away from the yelling, and and I can't stand when I do that. So do you guys have yeah. any tips on how to... I think we all yes. struggle with that, though. Because <laughs> patience is never... I think it's, there's, this, there's this really serious misconception that when you, ha- when you like birth a baby, all of a sudden you're going to have the patience of, of Mother Teresa. And I don't think that that's realistic at all. No. Or even the control. I feel like that's... That's such is, a... Yes. Because a lot of times as moms, we see if we're being successful, that means that our kid is complying with what we're asking for, following suit, and when they're not, we're failing as a mom. And I remember seeing something on Facebook where this mom looks haggard. She's on the floor. Stuff is everywhere. <laughs> it's my self-portrait. Were you at my house? My husband walks in and is like, what did you do all day? And she just has this look of being oh. so defeated. 
And at bedtime, she's sitting down with her little girl and she's thinking, oh my God, I had all these things I needed to get done. I feel like such a failure. And she asks her little girl, what did, what did we do today? Oh, I saw that. Right? Oh, and the girl man, saying, all the feels. You know, you sat down with me and, and we played toys for this minute or like the little kid's experience yeah. of how successful so the true. mom was was well, so, so different. So different. And the poor mom haggard sitting on the floor. I for sure cried at that video. Oh, I've yeah. watched it a million times. <laughs> I think, and I think that it, we cry because it's relatable. Yes. Yeah. What are you yeah. going to say, Kaylee? Well, and, and so I have to say, the yelling, I'm a yeller, and not everybody is. I've worked with moms who shut down, and they go inward. So most of the time, we're, we're one of two, depending on oh, our own personality, our own. Me too. So my husband is a shutter downer, and I'm a, I'm a yeller. And, um, and I was raised in a household with a yeller. You know, my mom had four and five years, and so the only way she had any power to control us was by her voice. Because we all went different directions. So, point being, um, I yelled. I remember when I yelled at my child for the first time, and it was it was this feeling of just here it is, this is it. And I knew because I had the background. I was like, this is not the mom I want to be. And um, Dr. Laura Markham has some books out. She's amazing. Um, but she, what she calls it, is a yellabacy. And so the yellopacy is you can do everything except for yell. And so I told, he was three at the time, I told my three-year-old, I empowered him, I said, when I yell, you can tell me, mommy, I don't like it, don't talk to, I don't, don't talk to me that way. And it happened one time, and you want a big dose of humble pie, is yeah. having your three-year-old tell you, I don't like it when you talk to me that way. Because he doesn't deserve to be spoken right. to that right. way, and he should. I'm teaching him to have his big voice. He right. should have a big voice to tell people he doesn't like right, yeah. the way they're treating him. Absolutely. And so, um, and I had a, I wouldn't call it a mom fail, but I had both kids melt down at the Manatee Lagoon Friday afternoon. <laughs> Perfect. And the reason why I work out is so I can deadlift and functionally carry eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> a screaming child. So my taming tantrums, here I was, and I was, both children were just hysterical, beyond exhausted. And, and um, I, I knew if I opened my mouth, yelling was gonna come mm -hmm. out because I had lost control mm -hmm. of the situation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally lost control, mm -hmm. and they were freaking out. And so I, the yellopacy, mm -hmm. the only thing I focused on was getting him to the car and not opening my mouth. Yeah. Wow. So sometimes if That's you powerful. don't know what to say, because we get aggressive when we don't have clear expectations. I want you to stop yelling, but I don't know what it is I want you to do in this moment. Just shut up. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Like just, <laughs> so just don't say anything until you can clearly articulate what you, how you're going to help. Okay. I just, think the other thing to kind of keep in mind, just to piggyback yeah. on that a minute, is to keep in mind what our own emotional state is like. Yes. Yeah. When we For are sure. frustrated, a <laughs> lot of what, you know, it's important to keep in mind is people say take a deep breath when you're upset. But I think as moms, <laughs> it's so important for us to realize when we've reached that 10 and that yes. it's okay to take a step yeah. back, yeah. to Amen. take a deep breath. My kid is throwing themselves on the floor. Are they safe? Are they going to, how can yeah. I take a minute and collect myself before I address that? And it's and it touches on something, the other conversation, another conversation that we've had uh, about pediatric medicine. I, I got a, a, a nursing advice when my, and this goes for tiny babies, little newborns, when they're screaming and screaming and screaming in the middle of the night and you are exhausted and it's just too much, put the, it, they're in the crib, okay. they are face up, they are safe, they, you know where they are, you have a video on them, 
close the door, shut the sound, walk in the other room, and take a beat. Yeah. And and I think that such it really helped me in the long run to to really understand that and be and accept that. You know, um, before we before we kind of wrap up here, I, I do want to I talk I want to talk about one more um, question. But Sam, did you did you have something to add for real quick? I just had one. Sure. Question that was kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally need help on it. My daughter is very attached to me right now, and I think it's because I stayed home. When we were in Michigan, we were in daycare, I could drop her off, we'd be fine. If it's not me or my husband, it's like full-blown panic attack, like crying. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I'm part of a church group, and like they like leave them. Every single time these past like two weeks, I have to go get her, because she's the hold her breath, like pass her out girl, and that stresses oh, people out. she's going to freak out. Like, do you guys have some advice for that? I think a quick snapshot, and I'm sure you have more advice too, um, is to, you know, kids, like you said, don't realize that you're necessarily going to come back concretely. Right. Right. They have a great video from the 80s, Mommy Comes Back, and it's a song, and it shows this little video of, I drop you off, I come back, I drop you off, I come back. And so for my little one, when she had separation anxiety, um, I had her watch that video concretely to see and we talked about it when mommy drops you off I come back It's almost like a social story showing them. Okay. I'm gonna have that's you really cool here yeah. And so it's on YouTube. It's something that I've used a million times I had my babysitter play it for her when I would leave. That's um, really nice. I like that tigers. and there's a Daniel yeah. Tiger We actually oh, yeah, we read that book last night yeah. And um, oh, it has the song right. that goes with it. So you can, I didn't know there was something from the 80s. That's great. That's yeah. forward thinking. But Daniel Tiger has the grown ups come back. And so we sing that. Um, and they sing it. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They she sing it. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's an awesome, it's an awesome point. And right before, we're, we're, just, we're almost out of time here, but I do want to cover one quick question before we wrap up. Um, we have a question from one of our listeners. Um, how do you recover from being out of a routine? Like if, you're, if your child has been sick or you've been sick or going, you've been on a trip, um, it, the, if your child has been, some for some odd reason or whatever reason it is, been out of sync with their normal day-to-day, the, and behavior has gone down the tubes and tempers have kind of gotten out of control since that happened. What's a good way to reset and try to get uh, consistency back through, through really, really deep tantrums? Kaylee, could you start us on this? Well, I first of all want to say that when we're out of routine, for whatever reason it is, a sick child, uh, work emergency, travel, whatever, I think the number one thing to just remember is have grace. Mm -hmm. Have yeah. grace on yourself. That's true. Um, it's hard for us to get back into the rhythm of life sometimes, true. even on Mondays. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. case of the Mondays sometimes happens, and and it's okay. Um, and a lot of times, what causes a lot of anxiety in us, I'm, I'm, me, mm -hmm. is when I'm thinking about what how it should be going. Right. Yeah, and yeah. my expectations are just not fair to me or my children. Once again, mirroring mom life, I think. Yeah. And so, <laughs> right. So I think the first thing I would say is have grace on yourself and lower the expectations for yourself to lessen that anxiety because our children, we didn't really talk about this, but our children co-regulate with us. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if we're feeling, you know, amped up, I'm, my, I'm making my body really tense. The listeners can't hear that, Yay. but you know, you're feeling really tense and uh, your children are going to feed off of that. 
So, you know, pacing it and, and maybe focusing on one area of the routine that's most important. For me, the anchor routine is the mornings. We do a lot of prep work at night so that I can spend time with my children connecting and getting on the floor and playing with them. We don't watch TV in the morning. That's my time I drink my coffee while I'm on the floor with my kids because that little bit, that 15 minutes of connection makes the whole morning Diff- go, smoother. go smoother and I don't have to pack the lunches they're already done and it could be um, any time of the day depending on we're going back to that right way of parenting it could be the morning it could be the evening it could be whatever time yeah. works best in your world right if your kids know that they're gonna get it mm-hmm. yeah you know and and connection I don't want parent moms I don't want it to be one more thing on your to-do list it doesn't have to be sitting down and playing on the floor every day if some days that's not a reality you can connect in different ways for we, sure you know we have pump up songs in the car that we sing together we do little I love you rituals we um you know, just making behavior observations while you're cooking dinner. There are so many ways to connect with our kids that if sitting on the floor and playing for 20 minutes is overwhelming, um, there are other ways to do that as well. And and Lindsay, did you have anything to add? Yeah, I would just say, you know, in addition to kind of having grace, um, making sure that you're realistic about what you're going to be able to accomplish when you are coming back from a big change in your routine. You know, don't schedule a million things to do. Don't expect that your kids are going to be super attentive. Just know that you and them are going to be off for a little bit. Yeah, maybe spend some days, a couple days at home and kind of like a cushion day to kind of give yourself a space to bounce back um, without that pressure of knowing, okay, we're going to be a little off. This is eventually going to come full circle. Awesome. That's so cool. And and so um, I'd like to hear from, from a couple of people around the table. We've got a nice group going here. So is there any other things about about behavior that has affected you? I know I have a two and a half year old, so we go through this jam every day. So um, um, I know, Jessica, you have you have your you have two at home now, right? Yeah. So and, and do you ever feel like with behavior issues that you kind of struggle or maybe maybe you've aced it today. Maybe you feel like no no <laughs> I mean I haven't I have I definitely haven't gotten there, but maybe somebody's better than me. Um I you know just to what uh, your experience is with two versus one or has anything about your kids made it more challenging or less challenging? Um well so I have an almost three year old little boy and then a six month old girl. Um and both very different personalities. The girl's very independent, already crawling. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and then the little, I, my son, Andrew, is um, very, very attached to me. Um, so the biggest struggle recently, and actually it's why I stopped nursing, yeah. um, is that he's so attached that any time that I am holding, and we talked, I mean, during pregnancy, we talked. He knew she was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we, she's part of our family, but he, like, if I'm holding her, he wants to be in the middle of my Indian mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. lap. Um, yeah. If I am feeding her, he mm-hmm. is like, like in my face. If I am talking to Mamie and Pepe on FaceTime and I'm showing my daughter, mm-hmm. he is in between the phone mm-hmm. and my daughter all of a sudden, and so that's been like the biggest struggle. Um, That's really my funny. monster voice comes out. Um, <laughs> You're not I, alone, friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's been the biggest struggle. We're, we're slowly working on it. He's slowly getting better and everything. But um, any advice with... Yeah. Just, it's definitely the green-eyed... 
the green-eyed monster comes out. Well, and, we, and we've kind of uh, on our own independently of the, of, of the podcast here, we've, we've talked about how difficult any transition, zero to one, huge transition. Uh, zero to two? Zero to two, huge transition. <laughs> one to two, huge transition. And I think that it's worth talking about. Do you guys have any uh, words of wisdom on that? I would say the biggest thing is how can you enroll him in being a big brother? Yeah. That's going to be the biggest thing is to help him feel proud of that identity and can you go help mommy with something? Can you go do this? I need you to be so strong with this. You're so strong. How do you really build him up? That's a really cool idea. Stepping into that role yeah. because again with that distracting thing, the more he's focused on what he brings to the table, the less he's going to be focused on the fact that his role has shifted a little bit. And we've definitely been trying that. I think the other, you were saying play 20 minutes on the ground and stuff. So she sleeps thankfully until like 8.30 or so and he's awake at like 6.50. I get a full hour and a half with him and he's very like we play cars and it has to be very like imaginative and there's always role playing going on which I love (laughs) but it if it like I don't know how to transition him like once she's awake like we've got to give her we're all going to play together but because Mm -hmm. it's different than that mommy and me time it's all it needs every single day it's a battle to be like well we have to play different now like she's awake mm-hmm. and um so i've tried i guess i'm just not as consistent maybe about in enrolling him um and i would even so. say having in the play the nice thing about play is you can actually use it to help them process something mm-hmm. so if he is playing don't necessarily think of it as i have to stop this and start something else yeah. which little character can your sister be can mm-hmm. she be this and how can we have her have yeah. a role in that and so he sees it as we are all part of this we're part of your play instead of mm-hmm. we're going to switch and now i'm going to divert my attention to something else yeah even like making making you're like in the play kitchen or whatever and mm-hmm. oh we're going to cook your sister something mm-hmm. kind of some that, that's something in that vein would be i mean i don't have two yet but i i think that that's really cool um, all right, guys. Well, th- unfortunately, this is all the time we have. Such a cool topic. We could talk about this all day because I know that pretty much every mom out there can relate to the behavior conversation no matter the age. Um, even when the, their teeny tiny babies were trying to control, like, but he's crying too much, you know. Um, so I, I, I know that we're gonna, this is going to come up again. But until next time, uh, we thank you so much for listening. And we thank you so much for joining this Mom's Night In.